Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Turn in your Bibles today. We're going to read from two different passages. Um, you're going to turn there, and then I'm going to give you the next ten things that real men don't do, um, as we've been doing this every weekend. Turn to 1 Corinthians 11.3, and then hold your finger there and go to Ephesians 5.12. Um, but here are 10 more things that real men don't do. Let's pull up the first one on the screen. Um, number one this week, uh, or 31 and overall, whine or complain. Real men don't whine. Supermen don't whine or complain. Okay? Now some of you dudes need to write that one down. Okay? You might feel like wanting to whine and complain. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to whine and complain, but let's save that for the ladies. Come on, somebody. Number 32. Uh, they don't gossip. Oh, man, who put that? I just said gossip. I didn't put like a woman. Someone in the back put like a woman. Trying to make me look bad up here. Unbelievable. Camilla, write that down. Let's fire somebody. All right. Uh, number 33, speak with food in their mouth or while they are chewing. It's just gross, man. It just comes out onto the table and on other people. Real men don't do that. 34, uh, drink until they vomit. Thank you. It's just gross. I had a woman say, that's gross. She had a dude say, I'm sorry for last night, baby. Okay? Uh, number 35, watch chick flicks unless they are promised something. Oh, who put that up there? Unbelievable, guys. And they better be married, too. Listen, we might want to stop because I didn't write some of these. Let's go to the next one. 36, have to prove themselves. Okay? Hey, guys, we don't have to. I love what Cody said today. Okay? We don't have to prove ourselves. Our strength comes from him and him alone. Amen? And if you go there, he'll do all the proving that you need. Number 37, eat quiche. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll be honest. I kind of like quiche. <laughs> anyway. Uh, 30, uh, oh, there we are. Drink tea with their pinky out. Look, I was going to say don't drink tea at all because coffee's a real man's drink. Come on, somebody. Okay? But if you're going to drink tea, none of this, all right? I don't know where that became acceptable. Anyway, next one, 39. Wear Speedos unless they are in a swimming competition or from Europe. We might want to nix the last one out as well. I don't care if you're from Europe. We don't know that you're from Europe. Don't do it, all right? I mean, come on, people. Last one, do we have one more? Uh, Zumba. Okay. If you're going to have, if you are out there and you're a man and you just love to Zumba, get a video, lock the door, do it in the privacy of your own home, all right? Do not show up to a Zumba class in your Speedo. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Even if you're European. Anyway, let's read some scripture today. Let's read some scripture today. 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, we started our whole uh, series off by reading this. And I want to read it, and we're going to touch on it a little bit more today. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. And it reads, as Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, it says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. But I want you to understand this, church. The head of... Every man is Christ. The head of 
a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, man, woman. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 together. Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and himself, its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, I want you to listen to verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Come on, dudes. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, so that he might present to the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Amen. He who loved his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a mystery profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. You catching this? Christ Jesus, our example, as he loved the church. This is our example, men, so we ought to love our wives. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word that is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would speak to us. You would challenge us, every single one of us. You would encourage us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Today I want to speak to you on the subject of supermen know how to treat the ladies. Okay? Supermen know how to treat the ladies, and we're looking at the Bible. We're looking at the greatest superman of all time, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, as Christ loved the church, so men, you ought to love your wives. So we're going to talk about how supermen treat the ladies. Now, I was preparing this week, and I was talking to some of the dudes, some of the single guys, thought I was going to talk about how supermen get the ladies, okay? No, it's not how supermen get the ladies, all right? It's how supermen treat the ladies. So all of you single guys out there, you won't, you won't be hearing any cheesy pickup lines today, okay? I'm not going to give you a bunch of cheesy pickup lines like, did you just come out of the oven? Because you look hot. Okay, you won't... You won't hear any cheesy pickup lines like that today. Girl, do you believe in love at first sight, or do I need to walk by a second time? Okay? You're not, I see somebody back there writing it down right now. They're like, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one, you know? Hey, baby, are you a parking ticket? Because you got fine written all over you, okay? You're not going to hear, okay? You're not going to hear anything like that today, all right? Somebody just tapped their wife like, it worked for me. Okay. You, you won't hear any cheesy pickup lines today. That's all right. That's how I got Katie. Actually, it's funny. that Somebody came up to me one time and said, excuse me, Pastor Ben. I'm like, yeah. They're like, is your wife blind? I said, why? Is it because she has two different colored eyes? And they're like, no, we're just trying to figure out how you got her. 
right? That person no longer goes to our church, so. <laughs> they may no longer be alive either, but that's another story, so. 1 Corinthians 11, 3 is such a, a profound verse because really what it does in one verse, it, it capsulizes uh, the, the whole uh, idea or structure in which God intended things to be. See, God intends for order and structure. And here in this one verse, it's not like we only find it in that one verse. It's, it's throughout the whole entire Bible. But what this one verse does is Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, some things were out of order. If you study the book of Corinthians, you, you discover that the reason Paul is writing the church in Corinth is because there are some things that are completely messed up, some things that are completely out of order. And so he says, I want you to understand this, church. I want you to understand something, that God is the head. And everything that Jesus did as he walked on earth, even especially when he went to the cross, it pointed to God the Father. But now it's to your benefit that I leave, because if I leave, I'm going to leave you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he's going to point to the cross. You have God the Father, Jesus the Son, Christ the Spirit. Okay, Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the order. Now, I need you to understand something else as well, church. I need you to understand that, that man is the head of woman. Husband is the head of wife. There's an order to this thing. And let me just tell you this, that when things uh, begin to get out of order, society gets really jacked up. Okay? The home gets really messed up. Uh, 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 government structure gets really messed up. Financial systems get really messed up. When things get out of order, when things don't fall into place the way God had intended them to, man, it's really tough to live in this life, okay? It's much like playing a game. Do I have any game players? Anybody play Monopoly before, okay? Okay? And, you know, when you begin to play Monopoly with your children and they want to do what? They want to make up their own rules, Okay? And now here's the problem with that. If you have multiple children, you have multiple rules. And this child's rules really benefit them, but nobody else. And this child's rules benefit them, but really nobody else. And so what happens is if you have this Monopoly board and you just throw the money out there and the cards out there and say, hey, everybody, let's play, but play by your own rules. You're going to have one really jacked up chaotic Monopoly game. The reason rules exist is because it makes the game fun. Are you with me? I like playing volleyball, but I hate going to play volleyball when there's just a net but no boundary lines. Because without the boundary lines, it's subjective. Oh, that was out. How do you know? Because I said so. The reason there's boundary lines for volleyball is because it makes the game fun. Fun. The boundary lines for life are what we call the Bible. And what makes life enjoyable, what makes marriage enjoyable, what makes everything that God has to offer in life enjoyable is if we have the rules, if we have the guidelines. God, Jesus, man, woman. But yet we have men acting like women and women acting like men. And so we got a jacked up society. But here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, is it comes back to the man. 
Because last time I checked, God's still in the same position. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not like we can say, God, you messed this up. Jesus, he did his job on the cross. Now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Where did this thing mess up? We can go all the way back to Genesis, and we can see where this thing messed up. Yeah, y'all know the beginning. You've at least read four chapters into the Bible, right? Before you put it down, okay? Come on, how many, how many Bible reader plan people at the beginning of the year do we have out there? Like, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. And you get to about Genesis 6, and that's all the further you make it. <laughs> right? And so you know Genesis 1 through 6 really well. And then every year, okay, I'll start again. Okay. You go all the way back to the beginning of time, you look at the, the first couple chapters of the Bible, and we can see where things got jacked up. We can see where things begin to, to get off. It's because man wasn't doing his job. And you might read there and say, well, hold on a second, Pastor. It was the woman that took the fruit. She was deceived by the serpent. You don't have to read too much further on in the verses and realize that, yeah, she might have been there and got deceived, and she took a bite, okay, of the forbidden fruit and immediately turned to her husband and said, yo, you want a bite? Read your Bible. In other words, the man was standing right there, as the woman was biting up the fruit, and he was just like, let me know how it tastes. Right? See, if the man would have been doing his job, which is leading, he would have said, hold, hold, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on a second, baby. That, that, uh-uh. We have all of this over here. Let's just redirect, right? Okay. But he wasn't leading. So we can get down on the woman all we want, but the man was not leading. And because the man is not, let me prove to you it was the man's fault. Right after they sinned, they knew that something was wrong. Let me just read it to you. Can I read it to you? This is a good message already. Come on, somebody. It's good stuff. Genesis, go all the way back in your Bible. To Genesis, chapter 3, verse 8. They blew it. Verse 8. Look at this. And they heard, who's they? Adam and Eve. The sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now apparently God would come down and fellowship with them. Pretty awesome, right? And so he's coming down like he does every other day, and they knew that it was God. They heard him walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Verse 9, but the Lord, catch this now, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? The Bible does not say that God came down and was looking for the man and the woman and said, Hey guys, where did you go? Adam, Eve, where are you? The Bible says that God came down and said, Yo, Adam, where are you at? I'm looking for you. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. And it's in quotes. Said to him, Where are you? 
Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Superman? The reason things are the way they are, the reason the rules are up, the reason things are jacked up, I'm not calling to the woman, I'm calling for the man. Where are you, Superman? Where are you, men? Where are you, Adam? Where are you at? We need to have a conversation. We need to talk because I can't, I can't find you. I can't walk with you. And it's not, I'm looking for the man. And I feel like God is saying the same thing to the church today. Man, where are you? Men, where are you? Where are you? Listen, there was a ladies gathering this last Friday night with 47 women. That's awesome. That's awesome. But this Saturday morning, the men are getting together. And yeah, my competitive side is coming out a little bit. I will retire. I just sold my condo. Don't think I can't do it. I'll retire. If we don't have 48 men there this Saturday. Now, some of you are out there like, sweet, we can get rid of them, okay? Seriously, guys, I want you to be there this Saturday morning. I want 48 dudes there. I don't care if you got to go by Home Depot and pick up some dudes like you're going to paint a, a wall or something. <laughs> you think I'm joking. I ain't joking. You go by Home Depot. You take your van. You take your Suburban. You do whatever you got to do. You fill up that car. There's going to be 48 men there. Rent a U-Haul or a bus or something. Where are you? Where are you, men? Where are you, men? When things get out of whack, God comes looking for the man. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? This is the order. This is the structure. This is the plan that God has. Men, where are you? Men, where are you? Men, where are you? Ephesians chapter 5. Supermen know how to, how to treat the ladies. First of all, you need to understand the order. Okay, you need to have some confidence and say, you know what, God, God set me up as a leader. As men, it's a natural born gift. We're to lead. We're to lead. We're to lead. Ephesians chapter 5. I love the whole entire chapter because the chapter really talks about godly living. It starts off and it talks about how we ought to live in the light. I mean, we ought to live in the light. And then it transitions in and begins to talk about how we need to begin to live led by the Spirit. Spirit-led light. Live in the light, be led by the Spirit, and then the last part begins to talk about, and here's how you can have godly relationships. Godly relationships. I see three, when it comes to men treating the ladies right, I see three types of relationships in Bible. It's not portrayed by culture. I can't look at culture and find anything biblical about relationships. But in Scripture, there's three types of relationships that I see how men ought to treat the ladies. And the Bible says this in 1 Timothy 5, 2. It tells us that we are to treat the younger women as sisters or sisters, okay? And we're to treat the older women as moms, okay? There's two types right there. I'm going to treat the ladies as sisters and the older ladies as moms. And the third one we read about today in Ephesians chapter 5, it's your wife. So you're either married 
have a wife, but even if you're married and you have a wife, the rest of the women, if they're younger, treat them as sisters. If they're older, treat them as mothers. This is biblical relationships. This is how, as men, we ought to be treating the ladies. Well, I was a youth pastor for over 12 years. I, I, it still comes out sometimes, like when I walk into a phone booth. Like, I, I'm in this thing, this, I just love walking in, and uh, getting transformed. My prayer closet, remember, if you've been here for those series, right? Getting my cape on, going to go out and face the day. Come on, some of that was great. You guys are on it. It's awesome. I hear that theme music every morning when I wake up. It's my wife usually humming it to me. She's holding my cape, you know, ready for me. It's awesome. Godly relate. I was a youth pastor for 12 years, and uh, I, I, I dealt with a lot of young people in, in the context of relationships. It was probably actually one of my least favorite parts about the job, but inevitably you always have a couple of kids that go to camp because they just want to scam on the good-looking chicks, okay? But then you have some girls, too, that all they want to do is they want to make out with, with the boys, all right? And if you've ever worked in youth ministry, ever volunteered, ever been a camp counselor, you always know that you have the, those couple of kids that you're going to find out in the woods making out, right? Let's just be honest. Some of you were that kid in camp. Come on. Right? And I, I knew, you know, every time, hey, where's Johnny? I don't know. We'll pick on Johnny again, all right? We love Johnny. No, change it. Okay, Ray. We'll pick on Ray. So Ray, Johnny. <laughs> You always have that kid, and so you, you go to your, oh, where's Johnny? Oh, Johnny, oh, let's go look. Well, Susie's missing too, okay? And you go out in the, in the woods, and there they are, and they're making out behind a tree. Kid you not, this happened every year at camp. It even happened in the back of buses and vans on the way to, like, Magic Mountain trips, okay? It was pretty awesome. And you find them, but here's what I would do. Here's the first thing I would say. I'd say, hey, Johnny, what are you doing? Well, what? Nothing? I was like, hey. Bro, are you guys married? No, married? No, I'm like 14, dude. <laughs> what, you're, you're not married? No. Do you plan on marrying her? No, I don't even know if I like her. <laughs> I'll say, well, dude, why are you making out with your sister then? <laughs> right? Well, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I think that's your sister. No, we're not related. That's gross, man. No, look what the Bible says. Well, says she's your sister. You're making out with your sister. That's the, would you, do you have a sister? Yeah. Would you make out with her? Oh, dude, that's gross. I said, well, you're making out with your sister, and if you don't plan on marrying, you're, marrying you're, you're making out with somebody else's wife. And then she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right? But then you'd always have some, like, like, Rico Suave kid that he'd be making out with the older girl. And I'll be like, dude, why are you making out with your mother, man? That is disgusting. <laughs> Seriously, youth ministry, man, you got to get creative, man. What are you doing? The Bible says, look, it's either your sister, your mom, or if you plan on marrying, make, make her your wife. Make her your wife. So we dealt with a lot of, 
a lot of stuff like that in youth ministry. Here, here, here's the thing, though. It's, it's interesting to me that once, once they, they leave youth ministry, we feel like every man or woman is, is perfect with purity, and we don't talk about it anymore. It's like you graduate from high school. Oh, I'm pure. And you rarely hear it talked about in, in churches anymore. So then you have all these relationships that are out of, out of whack. Godly relationships. How does Superman treat the ladies? Let me give you a few things real quickly. I love Ephesians. Because it tells us this. And I, wanna, I want you to look at it again. Verse 25. Verse, uh, chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives as. As Christ. Love the church. Could have been a period there. As Christ loved the church. As. It's a comparison word. It's, it's, hey, look at Christ. Here's how he loved the church. By the way, he gave up his life for her. It was an add-on. We can really just look at that first part, but see, too often times we go to the next part right away, and we think, okay, I'm married now, and so my job is, is I, I got to lay my life down for her. I've got to give myself up for her now that we're married. But if we just look at the first part, we, we got to love the women as Christ loved the church. So let's look real quickly. How did Christ love the church? Let me give you some things real quickly. How did Christ love the church? Number one, he loved her before he knew her. He loved her before he knew her. Revelations 13.8, before the foundations of the world, before the world was ever created, before the foundation was even formed, before those foundations, the Lamb, Jesus, was slain. He loved her before she ever was. Before she was ever even walking the planet, before the church ever existed. Before the foundations, he loved her, and he gave himself up for her. He loved her before. Let me talk to some single guys real quickly. How you live now will determine what happens later. How you treat women now, how you treat your mom, how you treat your sisters, how you treat your, your spiritual moms and spiritual sisters, how you look at them, how you talk to them, how you talk about them, will determine... What happens when you get married? You might not even know who she is yet. Perfect. Love her now. Well, how do I love her now if I don't even know who she is? Real simple. The Bible says, love her as you love your own body. So take care of this mentally, spiritually, and physically. And if you take care of this mentally, physically, and spiritually, and you feed yourself spiritually, and you go to church, and you love Jesus passionately, you'll love your wife passionately. See, this church has so many benefits to it. Yeah, you can, you, 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 can, you can love Jesus without coming to church, sure. But let's be honest. That'll only take you so far. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering of the saints together. Parameters, why? Because God knows humanity and knows as well-intentioned as we are, we never follow through with it. So we've got to keep each other accountable.
He loved her before he even knew her. Guys, how are you living now? How are you living now? How are you, what are you doing right now? If you're looking at some magazine with some woman in it, well, how are you living now? How are you living now? Walk in purity now. You'll walk in purity later. Walk in purity now. You'll walk in purity later. Don't, don't think that, you know, man, I'm just struggling. And, man, when I get married, everything's going to be fine. No, it actually enhances the impurity when you get married. He loved her before he knew her. Number two, he loved her in humility. He loved her in humility. In humility. In humility. Ephesians, or Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5 is such an awesome picture of Jesus and the mindset he had, a mind of humility. The Bible says that he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is Jesus. This is Christ. As Christ loved the church, as Jesus loved, let's look at him. What did he do? He loved her in humility. He humbled himself to the point of death. He surrendered himself. We got to love her in humility. Superman, how do we treat the ladies? Love her before you even know her. Number two, love her in humility. Can I just say something, guys? I, I know that it's hard to admit, but we're not always right. It's true. I was wrong one time, and it's when I agreed with my wife. <laughs> we're not always right. We don't have to win every battle, every discussion. It's, we're not always right. We get to that place of humility, humbling ourselves. Listen, I honestly think there's, I mean, I'm not a woman, but I, I would think this, that there's nothing more unattractive than a cocky, arrogant man. The amens prove it. All right. Okay. It's just not attractive. How about, how about listening? How about listening? When me and my wife have a discussion once a, a year, 99% of the time, it's because I didn't take time to listen to her. We, we don't even have to, like, like, okay, let's do that. It's, oh, but, but just can you listen to me? See, I heard you, babe. I know. Would you listen? Okay? Because the two became one. Mm. Listen. Don't always be cocky. Don't always be, don't always, you're not always right. Number three. Number three. Give you just a couple more. He loves her with wisdom. He loves her with wisdom. John 5, 19. I only do, Jesus said this, I only do what I see and hear my father do. That's wisdom. God, Jesus, man, woman. As the man, guess what? Submit to Christ. Do what he did. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need to look to Jesus. We need to get wisdom. Look, you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to live. You don't know how to treat the ladies. Look at what Jesus did. What did he do? He led her with, he loved her with wisdom. What was the wisdom? Father, I don't know how to do this one. Can you help me out? 
So much so did he do that that he finally looked at the church and loved the church so much, he said to the church, hey, it's better for you that I leave. Because if I leave, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, will come and lead you in God. He loved the church so much that he gave himself up, got out of the way so the Holy Spirit could come and begin to do his work. Man, if you love your wife, if you want to love your wife in the future, sometimes you've got to get out of the way. Sometimes you need to say, you know what, baby, I don't know what we're going to do in this circumstance, but we're going to go right here. We're going to pray, and we're going to ask Jesus, because I've never been here before. I don't have the answer. I don't think I need to have the answer. I'm going to step out of the way, and as I do, Christ is going to continue to lead our marriage. This is really good. This is really good. That happened to us this week. We, we had an open house last week for our condo. And we fasted and prayed for seven days. Said, God, we want to sell the condo on Father's Day. We had an open house on Saturday. Had an open house on Sunday. Offer came in on Sunday above asking price. We were excited. We accepted the offer. Went into escrow on Monday. Tuesday night, get a phone call from my real estate agent. Said they backed out. I mean, we were riding high. We were like, sweet, our condo sold. My wife was giving me kisses saying, baby, way to lead our family. I was like, yeah, another one right here, you know. We got the phone call. Hey, they're, they're backing out of escrow. Literally, it felt like this weight came. Like For about 30 seconds. And I grabbed my wife's hand, sitting on the couch. I, grabbed my, I didn't say let's pray. I just grabbed my, her hand and I started praying. Less than 24 hours later, a new offer came in. $10,000 more than the previous offer. I just looked at my wife and said, told you, baby. You know what I did in that moment? I didn't know what to do, so I stepped out of the way. I grabbed her hand, and we just started praying. And let the Holy Spirit take care of it. The best thing, one of the best things you can do for your marriage is just get out of the way. This is good. I know you're quiet because you're just trying to take it all in. Uh, next one. He loved her with purity. He loves her with purity. You know where Jesus is at right now? The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, living to make intercession for the church. That's us. He loves us so much that even though he left and we have the Holy Spirit, he is there praying for us daily. That's how much he loves us. How about you, single men? You might not even know who she is, but are you praying for her daily? Married men. You know who she is. But for some of you, let me clarify. Married men, it's the one you're married to. Pray for her daily. 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 Jesus loved the church with purity that the Bible says that he washes over her with the washing of the water of the word. Not your words. Yo, baby, do the dishes. His word. I tell my wife obsessively how much I love her. I do. Not, not, that's just what I learned from my dad. Sometimes I look at her and said, hey, do I say it too much? <laughs> I just did last night, huh? 
Yeah. And she always says no. But sometimes she says no. Like, I, I get it, though. I know you love me. <laughs> and then I get a big bucket of the word. <laughs> Break out a little Song of Solomon. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's a good book. It's a good book. Hmm. Lastly, I just mentioned it, but he loves her with prayer. He loves her with prayer. He loves her with prayer. He is, he's, he's living to make intercession. He's praying. He's praying. Let me just, let me just, you know, just simplify the whole thing. I already said at the beginning, if you're single, you have mothers and sisters. Man up. Be a superman. Love the ladies. Treat the ladies as Christ treats the church. Man up. Listen, if you're not married, you wouldn't sleep with your sister, you wouldn't sleep with your mom. Make it real simple. If you're single, you have moms, you have sisters. If you're married, love your wife. And still treat the other ladies Listen, man, it, it, it bothers me so bad when I'm at a coffee shop and I see dudes checking out ladies. And then I look and I see a ring on their finger. Listen, if, if the dude's single, I still hate it when he's like, especially when I'm there with my wife and I look over and they're checking out my wife. You know what I love to do in that case? I see him checking out my wife, and I just stare at them until, until they look over and they see me, and they're like. <laughs> Especially when I have my shirt unbuttoned a little bit, and the S is right there. Dun, da, da. Yep. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like looking at them, and I'm like. And I come out, and I'm just like, teach them to go to their prayer closet. <laughs> Superman. As we close today, I want to leave you with that phrase from Genesis chapter 3. Men, where are you at? Where are you at? God's looking for men of integrity that will lead society, lead their families, lead, 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 lead the church with passion, with vision, with integrity, and with righteousness. Men, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Next week, I don't want you to mix, miss next week because next week we're concluding this message. We're concluding this series with a resolution. And I, I want you to be here. And I want you, if you're willing to commit to this resolution, that you would jump on board and you'd be a part of it. And that, that men would begin to lead this church. That men would begin to lead. Right now, we have more women leading community groups than we do men. We have more women showing up to the women's events than we do men to the men's events. Now, if you're working, I get it. You need to work. You need to provide for your family. Your family, God first, family second, church third. 
you need to provide. But if you're not, and you're up till 2 a.m. playing video games, get there this weekend. The Baptist Press came out with a survey. And if mom goes to church, 17% of the time, the rest of the family will go to church. If dad goes to church, 90% of the time, the rest of the family will go to church. You know how we're going to build the kingdom of God? As we begin to build men. As we begin to see men say, man, I'm going after Jesus. I'm going after God. I want to love him. I want to serve him. And I want to lead society the way God intended us to lead. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.